And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome, ladies and gents, to episode number 11 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. And let's get this party started. First off, shout-outs to PJ Axelson of the Boston Bruins, former member of the Boston Bruins. A uh, pair of NHL greats, Tony Monty, Kevin Deneen, uh, former Maple Leaf Mike Gartner, former Canadians captain Saku Koivu, Adam Graves, Bruce Boudreaux, Al McKinnis, Pascal Dupuis, Jeff Friesen, who broke my Senator's hearts in 2003. I still remember that. Scott Gomez was also on that Devils team. Alexander Degg who uh, was taken number one overall by the Senators back in the day. We uh, <laughs> kind of like to forget about that on some days. Uh, Rick Bonus, who is the former coach of the Sens, actually the first ever head coach. And who can we forget? Daniel Alfredson, the longtime captain of the Senators. And, and Mark some Messier. guy named Mark Messier, who was also successful in his own right. <laughs> and in case you didn't get the hint, all of these guys were number 11. I thought you were so just... kudos to each and every one of you for uh, representing the game of hockey well. It would have been... Uh, a yeah. very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year to every single <laughs> one of you. And I hope that whatever holiday you celebrate you get to at least enjoy some hockey on the side. So on that front, Brett, uh, why don't we get to the first topic? Yeah, it would have been funny if you just didn't mention that <laughs> these guys... Oh, yeah, we're just uh, shouting out to these random players. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess we'll... Uh, yeah, it's been a while for us, so I we trying, have... I was trying to make it into, like, a segue, you know? Put, leave all the guys intertwined with the sins at the end. Yeah, 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 I get it. Except for Mark Messier. Because they're totally not biased. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're totally not um yeah I, I just thought it would be funny if you did that but um yeah uh so the uh yeah so we have a lot to cover because we've been out for the last two weeks sorry guys um but uh we should be on a consistent basis for the next couple of weeks um but uh let's start with um the uh, penguins they're the team of the week this week uh, they made a lot of changes. They fired their head coach, Mike Johnston, and then they hired another Mike, uh, Mike Sullivan. Who they was, really like Mike. Yeah, they love Mike. you got to be like Mike. Um, <laughs> they, um, Mike Sullivan is the uh, AHL, was the AHL guy at uh, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, and Penguins. He did pretty well there. His last um, NHL job was um, a decade ago with the Bruins. I wasn't really, I wasn't like a, a huge fan of the Bruins back then, so I don't remember it, but I saw this statistic um, that like he was actually like around 500 when he, when he was coaching the Bruins, um, so there's that. Uh, they also, uh, they traded Rob Scuderi um, to Chicago for Trevor Daly, um, mm-hmm. which is an interesting move for both teams, because uh, they're both... Um, Scuderi wasn't really, was like used a lot, but wasn't very good. Daly was used, um, wasn't used in Chicago, but is, you know, and isn't great defensively, but whatever. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, which I think is what they really need. It's not the coach that, anyways. Um, and then to make matters worse, it looks like Crosby is day to day with a lower body injury. 
And that's added on to all the other injury, key injuries the Penguins have with Latang and Fleury also out. So the Penguins are cursed with injuries yet again. I remember last season they had a lot of injuries too. So um, what do we think of these moves? Um, and is this enough to turn their season around? Well, I even though it was one that had to be made, I questioned the decision to fire Dan Bosma and replace him with a guy in Mike Johnston. I, I'm sure Mike Johnston is a good coach, mm. but I just didn't think he had what it what it took to, to coach this team. Uh, because while Dan Bosma wasn't getting success in the playoffs, he was still getting them to the playoffs. Right. And this was a team that in Mike Johnston's first season almost missed the playoffs. And they're outside of the playoff picture again this year. And ultimately, as uh, Jim Rutherford said, their GM trending in the wrong direction. And, and uh, they, they needed a spark. And unfortunately, more often than not, a coaching change is that spark. And so far, the decision to replace Mike Johnston with Mike Sullivan, uh, Mike Sullivan uh, hasn't worked out well. Because at the time this podcast is being recorded, um, uh, did they even win a game? If they, if they did, it was over the No, weekend. they didn't. They, uh, they lost to the Capitals. Um, and then they lost to the Bruins twice. And then they lost to Carolina, and now they're losing to Columbus right oh, now. No. Um, so already it's, it's, it's looking like but it's uh, one nothing, another yeah. winless one. Yeah. Um, I, re- I remember I was re- reading somewhere that I think the Penguins, when they were looking to hire whoever, um, they were looking to hire um, like Willie Desjardins, the guy in Columbus, not Columbus, Vancouver, um, Willie Desjardins. Willie Desjardins, yeah. He, he was their first choice, mm-hmm. um, and then he didn't go. And then I think they wanted the guy from New Jersey, John Hines, because he was also the Wilkes-Barre guy. Um, he's another Wilkes-Barre guy. Um, so I don't know. So Mike Johnson wasn't their, even their second choice. Um, I agree with you. I don't think Mike Johnson was the right fit for them. I do wonder if he is a good coach, though. I watch the Penguins are the most fascinating team for me just because they have Kessel and I really want the Penguins to do well. I feel like the league needs that uh, for Crosby, you know, their their top selling player to actually be on a good team. Um, so I am I do have some vested interest in this. They did, I did see them play twice when they played my Bruins, so I did get to see them in their new habitat, so to speak. Um, it, it is interesting though, because like a lot of the shots in the first game they had, they played terribly in the second game. But the first game there were a ton of shots that like just hit the crossbar or just hit the, um, you know, that like just missed the net, um, and it wasn't Rask who who did that. It was just unlucky, really. Um, but uh, it was. Um, so it's like, it's an interesting thing. I think they'll eventually figure it out, but they need to have Fleury, Latang, and Crosby all healthy for uh, this to be helpful um, to them. And I, I think uh, it's an interesting move for the to get Trevor Daly. He did, I think he had like a couple of assists against Boston. Um, and I, I think he had a goal too. Um, but... Uh, 
he is an is like I think when you have Malkin, Kessel, and um, Crosby and Latang, you know you would expect to be scoring five goals a night, um, and they're barely scoring two. You know, so um, and they're one of the least scoring teams in the league right now. So I think this is something that has to be done. I don't know. You were talking earlier about Dan Bilesma and um, I'm going everywhere now. <laughs> Dan Bilesma, it wasn't right to fire him. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't think it, he should have been fired either. But at the same time, I don't know where they'd be right now. Well, I, I think I think you know they they need to shake something up and like the writing was on the wall for Dan Biles not during yeah. his time in Pittsburgh. I, it's a sad but true reality. You, like you didn't want to fire him, but it it, it had to happen because they needed a change. But yeah. you need to have a suitable replacement. Like and and I just don't think it was worth getting rid of Dan Biles when you consider what Mike Johnston did during his short time with the Penguins and. Um, Ultimately, like firing Dan Bilesma, like like I said at the time, it, it, it seemed like the right move. But replace him with the guy who a year and a half later gets tossed aside as well. It, it it doesn't look good on Jim Rutherford at all. Yeah, true. I don't know how long Rutherford's gonna last being the GM. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. It is a little question. I think, I think he's the next to go. Like, yeah, he will be. Like, uh, Oli, Oli Mata is great. Chris Letang's a stud when he's healthy. But name me a guy who's a brick wall that can stop the other team's best guy in their can't. tracks defensively. You Whether can't. you agree with me or not, and you don't have to agree with me, of course. It's an <laughs> opinionated show. Skidiri, even though he's past his prime, is the only guy on that roster who you can label as a defensive defenseman. Yeah, but now you've traded him for a fairly decent defenseman that I would argue doesn't play that same style of game that Skidiri does. I think the bigger but mistake, as Scuderi, I said, bringing Jim Rutherford as the new GM and tossing aside Ray Shero, who has since taken over Lamorello's gig as GM of the New Jersey Devils. So, like I said, this problem is much bigger than the coach. Yeah. It extends to the players. It extends to management. But, um, if you want my two cents, this transition is far from over. In fact, it's only beginning. Um, I will say, when you say Scuderi is their only defenseman, that's scary. Um, because Scuderi wasn't that good. Um, he was good. He was good a couple of years ago when he was, you know, when he was a part of that 2009 team. But when he, ever since he got back from the Kings, he hasn't been the same. So, um, so, but yeah, I agree with you. The, their, their problem isn't, it's, it's an interesting move because like this off season, they went and got Kessel. They went and got Bonino, but the, the forwards like the depth and forwards was an issue, I guess. Um, but like you know, Crosby and Malkin could play with like a bag of pucks, and they you know they'd score. Uh, but like their big issue is, and you're right, um, is their defensemen. Um, yeah. So you can have all the offense in the world on paper. Yeah. If you can't if you can't stop a puck from going in your net, you're going to lose more often than not. Exactly, and so. Um, I mean, and, and if you look at the Flyers, their in, in-state rival, they have the same issue. They don't have defense, you know. Um, the same with Dallas, although they've gotten better. <laughs> I can't really, we can't really attack Dallas right now when they're the hottest team in the league. But Not um, yet, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you need defense, and um, I, I will be curious because I, I assume that. 
and you're right. I, I don't think this is um, the end of their changes right now. Um, I, I, I will be curious to see what they do to get a defenseman because uh, they need it more, <laughs> more than ever now, um, especially yeah. when they have Latang and Flurry out because those guys are, you know, <laughs> helpful when they're in. Um, yeah, I think that's about it in terms of the Penguins, but they're definitely um, an exciting team. Um, speaking of uh, the top talent in Crosby and Malkin, um, there's another star who's been struggling, and now um, there's been rumors that, you know, we're swirling around every now and then, but it's now kind of getting a little weird. Um, so, uh, we're talking, of course, we're talking about Steven Stamkos and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, at the beginning of the year, we both thought that there was no way Stamkos is leaving, but, uh, Bob McKenzie, who I, who I trust is the, like, the most respected hockey source, in my opinion. I feel Um, the same way, too. Uh, but yeah, he wrote an article this week saying that Stamkos and Lightning are far apart, and he's almost definitely going to be a free agent next season. Um, um, he all, Stamkos said in the media afterwards that he wants to stay in Tampa Bay, but, um, but like a lot of people don't buy it. I don't, I don't really know if I buy it either. Cause it's like, it's not like he's going to say like, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go here. <laughs> you know, he I don't want to say mistakenly likes a post on the Maple Leafs page. Yeah, exactly. Um, so well, not nearly as good as the lightning right now. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Tam- and I was I was looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, salary cap stage. They don't really have a ton of salary to pay them even more. So they, yeah. um, so that may be the main reason why they don't have a ton of cap space. So that may be the main reason why they're not <laughs> doing uh, signing him right now. But um, so. Um, Winnipeg, New Jersey, and Nashville all have enough money and would be interesting landing spots for him. Of course, there are those Toronto rumors and Montreal rumors. Um, that's mostly based on his old buddy, PK, who's on uh, Montreal. Yeah. And then he's also from Toronto, and like you said, he's favorited a ton of tweets uh, r- rumoring him to Toronto. Ten, but at least one. Uh, they said apparently it's happened before too, where mm-hmm. he's liked another Toronto tweet, and then he keeps on saying it's like it's accidental. But now, <laughs> like if he does it more than once, it feels not an accident. Yeah, I don't know how many times someone can hack your Twitter account? <laughs> exactly. Just exactly. like a bunch of Maple Leaf posts. But. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I um. So I actually on our lace them up podcast. I Twitter. I uh, I put a poll out saying, asking, where do you think Stamkos will end up next season? Um, as of right now, we have 15 votes. Forty um, percent said Tampa Tampa Bay. He's going to stay in Tampa Bay. Twenty seven say Toronto, um, and seven percent say Montreal, and twenty six says other. Um, I told them to comment where. They're not commenting where. Oh, no, it's rapidly uh, changing. 38 say he's, he's going to say in uh, Tampa Bay. Um, so, um, I don't know. Personally, I, it'd be, I don't think he's going to uh, go anywhere this season. He's not going to be traded. 
Um, it seems kind of stupid. Um, but um, just just with the contract he currently has, I don't um, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, so this is speculation at this point. But where do you think he goes, and what do you think is going on in Tampa Bay? First off, if he doesn't stay in Tampa Bay, he's getting traded. Let's make that perfectly clear. You don't let a guy like Steven Stamkos walk for absolutely nothing. You would be out of your mind, and that's not after building this great team what Steve Eisenman wants to do or wants to risk. Right. If Stamkos but is the going thing elsewhere, with, they are going to trade him first and the get thing as much with value that, for them as they possibly can. The thing you have to think about, though, is just with his contract, though, right now, it's going to be tough to trade him for... The value um, that he has, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're not going to get full value, but you're yeah. you're going to have to ask for something. Well, and, yeah, and, it's, and it's the, tough to, but it's like is, tough to trade in in season. Is my point uh, for like the big guys at least? Yeah, as it seems like. That, that's, that's true, but like you said, he's going to be a free agent this summer, isn't he? Yeah, but I, I'm saying that. I I, agree, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying I don't think he um, it's just because he still has a lot of on his contract and with the salary cap. Just in, just I'm just talking in terms of a history aspect. Okay. Um, like the like blockbuster trades don't happen frequently, so I'm mm-hmm. saying he most likely won't be traded, but he might be. I don't know. You might be right too. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Um, Sorry. But anyways, like, uh, when you have Bob McKenzie saying that he's definitely going to test the free agent market, not probably, definitely, that's saying something. Um, especially when it's coming from a guy like Bob McKenzie. And it's almost impossible to ignore, regardless of how Stamkos tries to defuse the situation, everyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm sick and tired of hearing this stuff about Stamkos leaving Tampa because he won't. Is that <laughs> term of winning the Stanley Cup? Can you name me at least five? Uh, what did you say? Five. Five teams who have a better chance than the Bolts long term of winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Edmonton, if assuming McDavid's healthy. Uh, okay. Dallas. Uh, yeah. Like, do you mean like in terms of like a bright future or like? Right in future, like the way they're built right now, where do um, you think they could be in like five years' time? Yeah, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but yeah, yeah Tampa Bay okay. is, uh, but yeah, um, I don't know, Tampa Bay is near the top, I would say. Yeah. So of those teams now, name me the ones that could financially afford to keep them. Only Tampa Bay. Well, actually, I don't know if Tampa Bay can afford them, but... And once you've narrowed down that list... Tell me which ones have something that Tampa Bay really needs. I mean, I didn't really have a team to begin with, so... <laughs> um, well, yeah. Exactly. So at the end of the day, I can't see this guy leaving because this is the, it's the perfect fit for him. In reality, everyone can fantasize about, oh man, what, would, what it would be like to have a guy like Steven Stamkos on your team. And then reality sets in, oh wait, we can't... Because we either can't afford to keep him or we don't have what the other team is looking for in response. I would be shocked if Steven Stamkos goes anywhere but Tampa Bay in the offseason. 
and I'm standing by that prediction until the season's end. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's a bold prediction at this point, considering Bob McKenzie says he's definitely leaving. Um, if, he d- if he does leave, it'll be at the deadline. It'll be at the okay. deadline if he leaves. I, I think he actually signed somewhere else. I actually, I I think I've, I treated this situation the same way as I treated Babcock. Like, at the beginning, I laughed it off. I'm like, there's no way he's going to Toronto. Yeah. You know? That's and now, what happened to Mike Babcock. You never know. And now, like, with this, like, favoriting tweets, I know it's stupid, and I know he said it was an accident, but... And he's, it's his hometown. I, th- I think he actually might go to Toronto. Um, I hope he doesn't just because, you know, that makes Toronto scary and I won't pity them anymore. But uh, um, Imagine if they keep with Babcock, too. Like, if you think about it, with the Babcock coaching them with Marner, um, uh, Nylander, and... Um, Stamkos, that's like... That's, that's deadly. And Morgan Riley as your defenseman. Yeah, that's um, that's a scary uh, that's a scary team. So, um, I... Um, Montreal, they need a top six forward. Yeah. I can definitely see him going to Montreal if he gets traded. The question True. is, do they have what uh, Do they have what Tampa Bay needs? Yeah. And I don't know if they do. Um, yeah, that's true. Montreal really just needs one good forward. Um, Stan yeah. Coast fits a that bill. Compliment though. to Patch Ready. That's a, uh, him and Patch Ready. That'd yeah. be a deadly one-two punch. Well, yeah. I mean, him on any team would be scary. Uh, yeah, it would, <laughs> but especially with Patch Ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, I was looking at this. I think Winnipeg, New Jersey, Nashville all have enough money to do it. Um, Winnipeg right now, yes, they yeah. do. Uh, Win- New Jersey would be interesting because they've been surprising people. They really do need a forward though to really solidify them. Um, Nashville would also be interesting too because they definitely have the defense. Um, they just yes. need a forward or like a center. Yeah. Um, and uh, Winnipeg. If they wanted to trade them outside the division, outside the conference, Nashville would probably be the best choice in my opinion. Yep. Um, and Winnipeg would. Um, I don't see them actually going there. Um, no. Just because they, they've got a bunch of. Prospects. They have. They have other. They have other issues too, and forwards isn't their biggest issue. So, um, but, um, yeah, it's, um, I think any team would love to have Stamkos. I was, I was fighting with Bruins fans online about, uh, getting him. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen just because we have cap issues, but they were all saying, like, Krejci is better than Stamkos. It's like, what? <laughs> um, I was like, you'd rather have Krejci than yeah, Stamkos? But... I was just like, that's, that's ridiculous to me. But uh, it's it's a moot point because it's not going to happen. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, as a Bruins fan, I would not want him on Montreal or Toronto. But I think he might actually go to one of them. Um, I'm going to believe the hype. I know you, you don't, but I, I think he might actually. Um, all right. We'll yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, let's talk about the World Juniors now. Um, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, so we talked... Um, so we, um... Yeah, so we talked about Stamkos and briefly talked about Crosby. So this is like the... This is basically all the youngsters' time to shine. They were all in this moment before. Um, th- I really don't know too much about, uh... 
the, you know, amateur leagues that much. I do know that Austin Matthews and Matt Kachuk are going to be um, on Team USA. There's a couple of other 2016 hopefuls. So that should be exciting for me as an American fan because um, I think it'll give us the best chance um, in years. Um, and then um, I know that there's Finland has a couple of other guys who are top guys in the 2016 as well. Um, as a Bruins fan, there's a, a possibility that Pat, David Pasternak's going to play for the Czech Republic um, as a conditioning stint, but uh, he may just stay in the AHL. We don't know. Um, but anyways, I'll let you talk about it in more in depth. Um, who are your favorites? Who do you like? Who do you dislike? Who, who should we watch out for? Well, as uh, to so who we should watch out for, I can't wait to see what 67's captain Travis Konechny does, uh, simply because I've watched this kid play for the better part of the last couple of years. The 67's are, are um, Ottawa's local junior hockey team. Uh, they play at the OHL level. Um, which is associated with the Canadian Hockey League, uh, surrounded with the Q and the WHL as well. And, and Travis Konechny, this guy has great vision. Like, he can make these insane no-look-behind-the-back passes look easy. Um, I, I said it a, a million times before, and I'll say it a million times afterwards. I have no idea how in the world he slid to the later part of the first round. Um, the Flyers getting him at that spot was absolute genius. And I think they've landed themselves a, a superstar in the making. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what he does in the tournament, how he can showcase his talents. And Bob McKenzie, again, we talk about Bob McKenzie and how great of a uh, media personality he is in the world of sports. He said in the first two uh, pre-tournament games, Travis Konechny has been Canada's best player. Well, so that's that's saying a lot right there. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, the Sens prospect, also interested to see what this guy can do. Um, I've I've heard that this guy has um, some of the attributes that Eric Carlson had when he was uh, a teenager playing in this tournament. Um, it's been talked about that he needs to put on some weight, put on some muscle, but. Um, while he might not have the same kind of blazing fast speed that Carlson has, um, this guy can flat out play. Um, as for Team Canada snubs, because there's at least one every year where you scratch your head and go, why do they leave him off that roster? Um, the decision to cut Jacob Chikrin, um, oh, yeah, I heard was about actually that. born in Bogaraton, Florida. Um, the decision to cut him didn't surprise me. He's still a young kid. Not everyone makes the team on their first try. Uh, Nick Merkley and Michael Dalcole getting snubbed. Those were a huge surprise for me. Dalcole was on the first round of cuts, too. Um, Nick, Nick Merkley, I saw this guy play in the Memorial Cup, and, and he's an Arizona Coyotes prospect. This guy can play as well. Michael Dalcole on uh, the Oshawa Generals for several, several years. Um, probably on one of the best lines in junior hockey as well. And he's also won a Memorial Cup. So the fact that he knows how to win and the fact that he's not on this team is also a bit of a downer because they're losing a lot of key players that they had on the team last year that made him successful. Curtis Lazar, they don't have him. He's too old. He can't play. Connor McDavid, there's no way in heck 
that the Edmonton Oilers would lend him if he was healthy enough to play. And because he's injured, he's unavailable by default. Um, Zach Ficali, their goalie, he's not back. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood is is in the running for the number one uh, starter's job. And there was this incident in the OHL where there was question marks if he would be even if he would even be permitted to play in the tournament itself. So it's it's it, it's going to be interesting to see where Canada fares. They're because they're in the Big Four, uh, which includes the Americans, the Swedes, and the Russians. Um, they're going to be right up there, without a doubt. They're in, in the hunt, uh, especially after winning last year. The hardest thing to do is to repeat, and they've done it before. They've went on this kind of gold medal run before, but I, I think it's going to be more than just a two-horse race between the Americans and, and the Swedes and the Russians. I think it's going to be more the big four are going to be going toe-to-toe, and I think a couple of upsets could determine that. Uh, who wins this tournament. The Czechs, the Finns, and the Slovaks, I think, either one of those teams could surprise uh, dethrone one of the top dogs. Um, Denmark is an interesting team. Everyone, I think, remembers the remarkable run last season. No one expected them to do anything. They pretty much just entered the scene on the relegation round, and they somehow made it to the quarterfinals. Everyone was so happy for them. Um, they had a ton of talent on their team, and I'm interested to see what they can bring this year. And there's this Belarusian defenseman named Stefan Falkowski, who also plays for the 67s. This guy is only a rookie, uh, playing in his first OHL season. He's almost six foot nine. Wow! So Chara, Dano Chara height. That's Chara, yeah. So I'm interested to see uh, how he looks uh, playing uh, with the big boys, and and you know he's young, he's a rookie, but. Size is not going to be an issue for him. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting, too, because I remember last year the big hype was between McDavid and Eichel, and then it turns out like Larkin and Max Domi were um, more impressive. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's always interesting, too. I remember Johnny Goudreau, kind of went on the scene when he did well against the World Juniors, as well as Rasmus Ristolainen. So um, um, it should, it's uh, it's always a good tell to see. If you do well here, there's a good tell that, there's a good likelihood that you'll do well in the World Juniors. So it should be interesting to see. I guess we'll talk more next week um, when games actually start. Um, so, um, yeah, so this is like a new segment for us. Um uh, thanks for that, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a new segment because uh, there isn't really questions to um, to ask on these kind of things, these topics that we have. But um, it's just, you know, just mentioning it out. So I guess we're going to call it Honorable Mentions. Um, since um, Until we can think of something quick and snappy. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so let's go with the first one. Rask, Varlamov, and Holtby have been really hot lately. Um, in the month of December, we'll start with Holtby. Uh, he had, uh, he has a 940 save percentage and a 1.97 goals against average. Uh, Rask has a, um, ever since that shaky start, um, he's really picked it up. Um, Rask has a 959 save percentage in his last 10 games, so he's 8-0-2 and 2 
and he's shutting up all those Bruins fans who wanted him gone. Um, so that, I'm happy about that because those guys are idiots. Um, so, um, exactly. I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, this week, uh, the hottest goalie is, uh, Sergey Vol, Sergey No, it's not Sergey. Is it, I forget it, Semyon Volomov. As, uh, has a 981 save percentage. He only let in two goals in this last week. Um, that's, uh, really crazy. He went uh, 3-0-0 and has a .67 goals against average. Um, the Avs are on a six-game win streak, and he has a lot to do with that. Um, it's also interesting with Carey Price out, these three goalies have picked it up, and Quick has as well. I guess the Vezina Trophy will be really interesting um, when we, uh, if they all, you know, continue this pace. Um <laughs> I, I think Holpe's a straight-up Vezina candidate. Um, I yeah. think he's a legitimate front-runner. Um, I think Henrik Lundqvist is the only is the only goalie standing in his way, and him and the Rangers have kind of hit a bit of a Yeah, they kind of suck now. Which we'll touch on later, of course. Duke yeah. like you said, he's, he's been terrific, and a big reason why the Bruins have done as well as they have over the past month. Uh, Jonathan Quick returning to form, like you said, that's what the Kings need. Especially when you consider Daryl Sutler saying, "Right now, we seem to be finding a way to to play like we're getting a like we're trying to get a point at the start of this game, and then find a way to get two once we get it to overtime." Um, and in order to do that, you need to have good goaltending on your side, and j- certainly Jonathan Quick has yeah. has done just that uh, ever since his uh, brief but slow start to the year. Um, I don't know if Varlamov can keep this kind of this keep up this kind of run though. Um, yeah, we'll see. When, I mean, when this guy's on his game, he is absolutely unbeatable. Yeah. But you remember at the start of the year, this guy was basically sitting on the bench and watching his backup Brado Barra basically snag his job. Yeah. And then Barra uh, suddenly falters, Same with Rask. and then Varlamov comes in and and plays good. Same with Rask. His backup was out playing him, and now he's like one of the best in the world. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I, I think Varlamos and Rask's early blunders definitely hurt them, um, so it's really just Holtby's prize to lose now. Yeah. Um, for the Vezina, um, but yeah. I, I think he's got a better team around him too, and, uh, and yeah. a better system in front of him as well, and um, I think in the long run that's what's going to stand out between him and, and the other three. Uh, yeah, we'll, um. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's obviously it's early, and oh yeah, it's it's we're not even at the halfway point of the <laughs> yeah, season. So a lot can change between exactly. now and then, but right now, if I had to choose, Holtby would be the front runner for sure. Uh, so Yager is now the fourth all-time in goals. He beat out. Um, hold on, I had a list here. So he just uh, yesterday he uh, got his seven thirty-second goal, uh, just beating out Marcel Dion. Uh, Brett Hull is third on this list uh, with 741, so Yager could do it this season. Um, it's, it's, it's impressive that we're, we're literally watching a living legend right now, so um, props to that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Um, 
Um, it doesn't really surprise me when, when you've seen Yarmir Yager play as the years have gone by, all the, yep. all the talented players he's played alongside with. And he's, he's not the guy he once was by any stretch, but the guy can still play. And here's the scary part. He's still within striking distance. If he can have a strong second half, he can pass Brett Hall for third all time. Yeah, that's what I just said, yeah. Oh, that's... okay. <laughs> I totally missed that then. Yeah, it's fine. He's uh, yeah, he's at seven thirty-two right now. Brett Hull's at seven forty-one, uh, so that means he has nine more goals to be- beat him. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely surpassable. Or I guess ten more goals. Yeah, so he can definitely do it. Um, I read a quote somewhere that he said that he's gonna he started his career with a bunch of legends at in Pittsburgh, and he's gonna retire with a bunch of legends in Florida. So, uh... That's, that's saying a lot. Yeah, so, uh, he... Florida's been his, like, resurgent, and he's he's definitely helping along Florida, who's been hot now, too, which we'll talk about later when yeah. we talk about the Atlantic Division. Um, okay, the streak ended for Kane at 26 games. Um, speaking of records, uh, it's the game's... It's the closest, um in the lockout era to Gretzky's 50 goals a point streak um, a while back. But, yeah, um, I think, I think it, Gretzky hit 51, I think that was the record. I don't know if oh, was it 51? I thought it was at 50, but you might be right. I think it was 51. Um, or, maybe, or, maybe, or, or maybe 51 was the one he needed to get in order to break it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, Varlamov. Speaking of Varlamov, he was the guy who... Uh, broke the streak for him. Um, yeah, of all the teams to, in, in order to do that, they, they, the, the Hawks needed to be shut out. Yeah. Yeah, so. true. They shut, uh, he shut them out. Shut them up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, um, so that happened a week ago. I thought we should mention that because we t- did talk about that last episode. Now, now just, now just quickly, like, Yarmir Yager alone on the NHL's all-time goal-scoring list. Wayne Gretzky's alone at the top. No one's going to beat him. Uh, record-setting point streak for Patrick Kane. That set a bunch of American records. Um, if he he was well over halfway to getting to Wayne Gretzky, and he was still quite a ways away from catching him. Honestly, I don't think that's a streak that's ever going to be broken. I think the great ones yeah. got that locked down. I thought he, I I actually did for a time I thought Patrick Kane was going to actually do it, um, yeah. but um, so, I, so did I. But uh, yeah. now, now that he has, and I think that was his best shot. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I think if McDavid has the best shot of anyone in the NHL, just because of his potential. But yeah. um, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's anyone really in the league right now who could do this. Could do that even, um, just because of how good the goalies are. Um, that's actually what Gretzky was saying. It's like what Patrick Kane's doing now is even more impressive than what he did, even if he stopped like right now. Because it was just like just because of how hard the gameplay was is yeah, now exactly. compared like to when the, he was playing. What the hockey in the eighties is a different animal compared to today. Yeah, it was so high scoring back then. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Edmonton and Calgary have been hot. Uh, kind of a pun intended with uh, the hot in uh, Calgary. I hate when people say, no pun intended. It's like, yeah, you intended it. Um, 
The Flames were on a seven-game winning streak, but then lost their last two games. Um, Oilers were also on a six-game winning streak, but they lost their last three games. Um, With the weak Pacific division, they both are within reach of the third spot. Uh, Calgary is one point behind uh, the playoff spot. I think Vancouver has it right now. Um, And um, Edmonton is three points behind. Um, Shockingly, Anaheim is in last place in their division. So... um, it's look even without McDavid, Edmonton's improving, um, as I predicted with Tom McClellan, who is a good coach. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's in uh, in Calgary with Johnny Goudreau. I didn't think he would be. The, I knew he would be okay watching him in BC and the World Junior Classic uh, Championship, but um, like I didn't know he would be this good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought we should mention that. Um, yeah, Goudreau's good good played very, very well for Calgary. He's really elevated his game. You know who else has? Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, he's been he's good, starting, too. He's starting to find his groove in Calgary. Unfortunately. Corey Ramo has been uh, a bit better for Calgary as well. Yeah. Um, so Jonas Hiller's back, too. So Yeah, and um, Mark Giordano slowly starting to regain his form as well. And, and this yeah. team in overtime has been absolutely unstoppable. I think at last check they were what eight and one in overtime games this year. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely astonishing. Yep. And 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 really, it's it's not much of a surprise them going on this kind of run. I knew they were going to snap out of it eventually. Yep. Edmonton, I think, is the bigger surprise for me, and, sure. and all their young guns. Taylor and, Hall is um, finally prove, going up yeah. to his potential. I believe he's in top ten in the scoring leaders or something like that. Um, so yeah, he, him and Dryside all are good too. It's it's kind of surprising without McDavid and um, Yakupov's injured too. So, but um, uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, it would be interesting that they're still like one of the worst teams in the league just because of how bad their division is. But they actually have a chance at the playoffs um, if they really get lucky. Um, it's, so, it's either going to be them making the playoffs or getting another top five pick. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's probably what it's going to come down to. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of teams. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, all right, Skinner had two hat tricks in a week. I think this was two weeks ago since we were out, but um, yeah. we thought we should mention that. I guess he is <laughs> he's kind of back, maybe. Um, o- TJ Oshie had a great week this week. He had uh, five goals and three assists this week. Um, and then, um, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the Capitals, who have been really hot, even more than just the Bruins and the Avalanche. They put up six goals against the Rangers, who are really struggling. Um, and so have the Habs, have been have been struggling as well. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot to take in there. I don't know if you have any thoughts on anything I just said. Well, Skinner having two hat tricks in a week is, is pretty impressive. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's, he's certainly capable of being a dominant figure in this league. The concussions that he sustained in the past uh, still concern for me. Um, hot and cold goal scorer at times, but I guess every single goal scorer has encountered that at least once in their career. Yep. Uh, the, the key is what's going to happen to Jeff Skinner once he starts to cool off, if Eric Stahl is on his way out, and his brother Jordan's on his way out, and Cam Ward's in the, is on his way out, all of which are hypothetical situations until a deal gets done, of course, right. you need to find out what the core is going to look like. And if you're asking me today, it's Justin Falk, it's Noah Hannafin, it's Jeff Skinner, it's Sergei Tolchinsky, 
and either Allison Nedeljkovic or any lack between the pipes. Before those decisions get done, before the decisions are made, they need to envision what they will bring in the next decade, not within a month, not within a year, or even two years. You need to look long-term. And that's the very first thing I think about when someone's name gets mentioned with that kind of hype around them. And two hat-tricks in a week, that'll get you attention. It also might get you traded um, (laughs) if you're in a, a franchise like Carolina that Frankly, I don't know how much time they have left in that city to begin with. Um, I'm looking at Carolina's page right now. Skinner is on a four-year contract right now. He's only 23. I thought he was a little bit older than that, but he's only 23. Jordan Stahl is on a five, like a six-year contract. He hasn't really been living up to potential. Stahl is going to be a free agent next year or this in the summer. Um, but I, I did want to mention that uh, the uh, Elias Lindholm and Victor Rask have been impressive lately. Yeah, they've also they've um, also uh, they've kind of also uh, had uh, some success of their own. Yeah, and, and, and that's impressive too because when you have a, a you know your second, your third line, your fourth line contributing, that that definitely takes the pressure off the top line. Um, yeah, and they. Um, yeah, I mean, and they deserve to be in the core as well. Um, yeah. Okay, and then we mentioned, I did mention the Capitals as well. Oshi has five goals and three assists this week. Yeah. Um, Caps have been pretty good. Um, they're, they're like the hottest team in the league. When you score seven against the Rangers yeah. and come back like that, that's really a statement game. Although the Rangers... That, that, that shows you're, you're basically yeah. the top dog in the East. That's exactly what they are right sure. now. Well, although the Rangers right now aren't that good right now, for some reason. Um, I th- well, they're, 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 they're slumping a little bit. Yeah. Every team is going to go through that. But did you honestly think that the Washington Capitals were going to be this good at this point in the season? Um, yeah, I knew, they, team in the East? I knew they'd be capable of it. I don't think it's, like, surprising. Um, I, I'm more surprised that the Bruins are doing well than uh, the Capitals. Right, so and I follow the- get to them in a bit <laughs> Yeah. And I and I follow them every every um, and I have a re- I have a reason to be biased. So um, and then um, yeah, I guess we'll just touch up on it because we're kind of it's kind of a long podcast now. Ristolainen. Yeah, you also mentioned on your on your notes before the show this uh, Rasmus Ristolainen guy. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say he's, he's been turning it up as well. Yeah, he. Uh, I was about to mention that he uh, he's become the Buffalo's main defenseman in his last five games. He has been on the ice for at least twenty six minutes. He had a hat trick against Calgary two weeks ago as well. Um, he was um, he was good for Finland in the World Junior Classic, uh, Junior Classic, Junior uh, Championship. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's been really good too. I picked him up in one of my fantasy leagues, and it's been the, the best pickup I've had um, this season so far. So I just thought I should just shout out to Ristolainen. I love you. Um, I, I think he actually. I think he. He might have scored uh, the gold medal winning goal. As a yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that on um, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it's a really impressive goal. Um, so I, I, I don't know. They look. Uh, he looks really good. I uh, just a uh, quick uh, update. Pittsburgh's up four one now. Uh, oh. 
Kessel has Tortorella's two. Tortorella's not yeah. gonna be happy. Yo, well, Sullivan was a Tortorella guy. Uh, he was a uh, he was the he was their bench coach for the Rangers and Vancouver when Tortorella was there. So yeah, um, it's and Kessel has two goals. So no Crosby, no problem, as they say. Who says yeah. that? I don't know. Um, but um, I thought I should mention that. I guess it, and now it's our uh, our favorite segment, the Bruins sends. Segment, I guess. Um, I think the most unbiased segment in this entire program. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I mean, we weren't that unbiased considering we talked about our like yeah, yeah, the Lightning, maybe like the Toronto and Montreal, maybe going there. You know, maybe getting Stamkos. So, but uh, yeah, let's. Um, uh, I guess I think I started with the Bruins last week, so you you can start this week with the Sens. Okay, well, that's very kind of you. Um, the Sens have been up and down since we recorded the previous podcast, and they managed to do their job against the Kings, despite the lack of shots towards Jonathan Quick. Um, they only got 21. They got five goals out of it. That's impressive. Um, another huge victory at home against the Sharks. They've all of a sudden started getting hot at home, which is something that I've alluded to in previous episodes. Um, and, and, now, and now they're... They're starting to do their job, win their games at home. Um, and the Sharks had had their number at Palladium Drive prior to their lone meeting last season, and all of a sudden the Sens have reeled off two straight home wins against the Sharks. In between those victories, however, Eric Carlson played over 36 minutes against the Bolts in a 5-2 loss, the most minutes in a non-overtime game during the regular season since 2008, I believe, was the stat. Uh, that was before... He played his rookie season, by the way. So that's how long ago it was. Wow. Um, earlier in that same week, Washington shut them out three nothing, or not three nothing, two to one. Um, at times, it could have been looked like it, it could have been three nothing. Uh, that game saw them perform far better in the final two frames, but in the first period, again, they started off slow. And then, of course, that real stinker against the Habs where their number one net miner got peppered with shots and eventually was chasing the crease. Uh, if there's any consolation, it's the fact that they have 17 wins and there are a couple of games over 500. A far better situation when you compare it to this time last year. If you took a brief glimpse at the NHL's website on December 21st, the day this podcast was recorded, you would see that Ottawa is four points behind the Habs for first place in the Atlantic Division. Not anymore. <laughs> but they are only two points clear of Tampa Bay yeah. for sixth place in the division. On top of that, in the wildcard race, they have Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Philly, and Philly on their tails, and assuming Pittsburgh wins, they would be tied with Ottawa in the standings, if I'm not mistaken. So this team still has plenty of ground to gain, and they need to continue to gain ground and they they need to continue to get wins because if they don't and the other teams keep winning all of a sudden they're out of a playoff spot yeah if they aren't already i think they are out of a playoff spot right now and they currently sit fifth all right right. like i said four points clear of the halves all right they would play the podcast but i'm guessing the halves won tonight oh no they didn't play tonight uh the uh i'm looking right now if the playoffs Started tonight, it would be Habs, Florida, Montreal, Florida, Boston, Detroit, and then your Senators would play the Capitals in the other bracket. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
Um, yeah, it's it's kind of. Um, I don't know. If, were you done with the Senators? Yeah, yeah, you can, uh, you can talk right. about the Bruins. I wasn't sure. I, I pretty much got all, all the way um, Like always, I'm always cautious. I'm, I love that the Bruins are a point behind Montreal with two games in hand. Um, I, if you told me this like uh, before the season started, that in the middle of December, Boston would be uh, in second place in the Atlantic Division... And with uh, with and with a like uh, with two games in hand of the first place team that's struggling, I'd be like, um, "Are are you serious?" You know, I, yeah, I would be flabbergasted. Crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, since I, I don't know, I think we might have to just cancel this podcast because ever <laughs> since we stopped. They've been uh they've been winning um so they uh yeah they beat the Penguins as we mentioned uh, twice um and then they beat New Jersey last week uh they've gotten a point in their last fifteen games um a bunch of our young guys have been amazing we have uh, Frank Vitrano who had a hat trick um, against the Penguins uh, there Landon Ferraro has been amazing for us with uh, he's been a good fourth line guy. Um, Tory Krug as well. Tory Krug's been good. Uh, Colin Miller, I love that guy. He's so fast. Um, and then, um, and then uh, Krejci, Marshawn, um, Tuka have all been uh, playing to what their potential is. Chara has been good too. Um, yeah. And it's all. It's, I. I mean, I wasn't one of those guys who bashed Don Sweeney. I did question his moves. But, I, you know, I wasn't like, let's see what he has before we bash him. Um, so, so far, I'm liking what I see from him. I'm really more impressed with Claude Julien just because I didn't think he would be able to get this team to be offensive um, because he can't rely on the defense anymore with his system. He's, the you know, so, um, so just the fact that we're, like, even winning a game is impressive to me uh, with the defense we have. So... With that said, I do think we should get a shutdown defenseman before the trade deadline. Um, I'm not sure who that will be because I don't know. Shutdown defensemen are like the least talked about player kind of players in the league, so I don't know. Um, if you're gonna, if you're for gonna good make reason. a playoff run, every team I would think needs yeah. to have a shutdown defense. Um, I mean, yeah, we have Chara and Seidenberg, but of course they're gonna be tired come playoff time if we yeah, make the playoffs. They, they don't have the right. same kind of stamina that they that um, they once had in their prime. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I agree. I don't think Dougie would have been the kind of player because he's more offensive defenseman than a yeah. defenseman defenseman. But I, th- I do think we need to get like a defensive defenseman guy. Um, someone like a Vlasic or Jonelson or something. Um, but those are like the only guys that I can think of who are like shut down defensemen guys. Um, but I don't know who's available or um, if there's anything. I was looking. Well, considering that yeah. the Sharks, that we don't know what exactly their future is like, like Vlasic could definitely become expendable. Yeah, all the, and we have their first round pick, so um, so that would help us even more if we got Vlasic from them too. But, um, yeah, so uh, we did mention it before. Uh, the Atlantic Division is crazy right now. Uh, Montreal's just uh, going 
out of business, basically. Um, I don't know what the word is. They're having, uh, they're just losing without. Reality's catching up to them. Yeah, reality's catching up. Reality's caught up to them. They're missing Carey Price. Yep, and they're missing Brandon Gallagher again against Dallas. Yeah, Um, and they good, but they're they're starting to expose them. And they're missing Brandon Gallagher, and now all the all the haters who are saying like, well, they can't win with Price, you know, without Price. Um, Although I actually thought they would be okay because they looked to be okay at the start of the season. They were actually scoring, but now, um, who knows? Um, so the Boston has. So it's right now. I'm looking at the standings right now. Montreal has 43 points um, with 34 games. Boston has 42 points in 32 games. We have two games in hand. Detroit has 41 points with 33 games played. Florida has 40 points with 34 games played, and your Ottawa Senators have. 39 points in 34 games. Um, Tampa Bay has been pretty good, too. Um, we didn't really and mention... they're starting to catch up, too. Yeah, and uh, Buffalo, Toronto have shown that they're not your average dumpster team. So, oh, like, yeah, Buffalo's only two games below 500. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's better than I thought they were. Um, and Toronto's... Uh, Bernier got a shutout the other day. Um, yeah, and, got a win, more importantly. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, Toronto, Leo Komarov's been good, too. So He's their, he's their leading goal scorer. I don't think too many people realize that. He's got 13 yeah. goals on the year. Yeah, he's been great, he's been great for them. Um, I mean, of course, Babcock will <laughs> will do that to a team when they, they look better than they are. But, um, yeah, so they've been good, too. So I think we're all, like, all teams to just realize, oh, it's the All-Star game. We, we have to win this. And then... Uh, <laughs> they won because Boston, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, definitely showcasing yeah. their talents for the three on three thing. Um, sure. The uh, yeah, I'm sure that's the main reason why they're doing this, right? Um, although I will say that this uh, documentary, The Road to the Winter Classic, will be fun for me as a Bruins fan because yeah. I'll get to watch the Bruins celebrating, and then meanwhile they'll be interspersed with Montreal just being upset at everyone. So that's gonna be that's gonna be fun for me. I know that Pacioretty said something along the lines of, like, um, that, like, it's just inexcusable that they're losing like this. So I'm really looking forward to that that part of the documentary. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, and, yeah, so uh, the, the Atlantic Division has been a great. I guess that's really um, a lot we can say about it. We kind of... Talked about every team before. Now we've we've touched on the All Star game a little bit. I wanted to get your opinion on this before we close out the podcast yeah. here. So, John Scott. Oh wait. oh wait, wait. Before you do, I forgot. I think, I think our teams play a back to back next week. I'm not. Oh, do they? I okay. think so. Yeah. Oh no! It's after it's after the New Year's Day. So never mind. We played okay. it in two weeks. Okay. Sorry, so, Some look forward to exactly. Well, other than the Kayla box, uh, Kayla US Boxing Day match, and the Winter Classic, the day after, and the Winter Classic. Yeah, and the Winter Classic. So now, getting to the point about John Scott there, and we talked about the All Star Game a little bit. Yep. Um, at last check, and I and the last time I checked was a month ago. This guy was. Leading the vote getters, leading Patrick Kane, who was still in the middle of his 
what turned out to be a record-setting point streak. He was getting more votes than Patrick Kane. John Scott, for the second time this year, was put on waivers, oh, yeah. cleared waivers, and now he's in the American Hockey League. Yeah. How do you feel about an AHL tough guy who's bouncing from the AHL to the NHL, <laughs> getting all these votes from fans to play in the All-Star game? I How th- does that make the NHL feel? Well, actually, I think it's... Here, are you ready for my conspiracy, conspiracy okay. theory? I love a good conspiracy theory. I think the NHL forced the Coyotes, or the Coyotes did it themselves, and said, we can't have John Scott on the team. So just... So I don't think you can play in the All-Star game if you're in the AHL. So yeah. so I think uh, I think either the NHL told, told the Coyotes to just send him down... Or the Coyotes did themselves because they were embarrassed or something like that. So they um, they did it themselves. And then I guess instead Max and, Domi and or that, OEL will be in there. It's not too much of a conspiracy theory. I, I can actually buy that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a, it's a weak conspiracy theory. It's an actual theory. <laughs> it's a legitimate theory. Um, well, because it's never <laughs> happened before. And yeah. if the NHL's smart, they won't let it happen again. Because like the, the, the fan voting is a fun thing. Yeah. But the thing is, you don't really know what the fans want. And for the last two years, they couldn't figure out why the fans, especially most of them in Latvia, wanted yeah. Zemkis Jurgensen to play in the All-Star game. <laughs> and now you don't know why the heck the fans would want a goon playing with a bunch of NHL stars. Yeah. Or, sorry, not a goon, a tough guy. Mean. A guy who... He is a goon. Doesn't though. get paid to score goals. Yeah. Well, he was um, an enforcer. It's, but. it's 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 crazy to to contemplate that, and, and you don't really think it's going to happen. Yeah. But it's it's on the verge of happening this year, and at, at some point, I, the NHL has entered desperation mode. Like, I think if this three on three thing doesn't work, and I've said it before, in five years, ten years tops, the All Star game. The All-Star Weekend festivities could be non-existent. They're running out of options here. That's why they introduced the fan voting. And yeah. over the past two years, it's been a total circus. Yeah. I think, yeah, and that's that's really been the main reason why I think the NHL is in on this. Um, yeah. But um, Scott's only played nine games. Nine. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would have been funny to see it, to see it him play. Yeah. I'm um, sure he would have enjoyed the experience, too, because yeah. it's probably not going to happen to him again. No, I'm talking about, like, in a fan experience. Like, it would have been funny to see him. But then oh, yeah. I, I feel like after, like, five minutes, I'd just be like, okay, let's just get some serious yeah. <laughs> Let's just get some real guys let's in there. Let's bring Domi on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring him back to Domi on the ice. And or OEL. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so now, I mean, you know, in a sense, I'm sad because it's like, uh, I guess I won't get to see him. But then at the same time, I'm happy because then I'll – you know, then we'll see like Max Domi play, okay. or I'll see so OEL. Yeah, Sagan Klingberg dynamic uh, trifecta there. Exactly. Um, or I'll see OEL. Um, it's it'll yeah. probably either be Domi or OEL who would yeah. be the Arizona guy. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So I think that's about it for us. Um, yeah, I think we're all talked out for, for <laughs> yeah. episode number eleven. Now, just quickly. Right. Uh, um. We like to talk about what we want to talk about, but we also want to hear from you, the fans. If, by all means, if you have something that you want to yeah. bring up on the We're not the show, NHL. Uh, what's the email address do they send all hockey-related questions to, Brett? Uh, laceupbag at gmail.com. 
Yeah, we're not we're not the NHL. If we uh, if we if you want to talk about John Scott, we'll talk about John Scott. Yeah. If you want to talk about it's open yeah. topic. <laughs> it's open topic. We we won't uh, restrict anything. Um, yeah, and um, you can follow us also on Twitter at uh, Lace Up Podcast. Is that it? Yeah, Lace Up Podcast at, uh, on Twitter. Um, yep. Uh, Lace them up on Facebook as well. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so follow it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm Brett. I'm Steve, and we'll see you in episode. Or we won't see you. We'll talk <laughs> again in episode twelve of the yep. Lace Podcast. Have a good uh, Christmas. Yes. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.